Hey folks, it's Carl over at Sterling Health and Fitness. Thanks so much for tuning in. And today I'm really excited to have a very special guest with me. Uh, this person has inspired me uh, greatly and you'll find out why when we get talking here. As you know, uh, one of my missions is to help people to achieve better health and better levels of fitness. As a trainer, I, I love what I do. Well, of course, I love doing that, but I also need inspiration myself. And I'm sitting here with somebody who's inspired me greatly. And I'd like to introduce my very special guest, Angel the Face Ulet. Very nice. Thank you very much. Thank you for welcoming me aboard. Thank you. Uh, we've done a lot of talking here about quite a lot of things, and we come from a very similar uh, uh, approach as far as how we look at health, fitness, uh, and helping people. And right. I like one of your uh, sayings, aspire to inspire. I love that. And when I watch your videos and I read your posts and, of course, interacting with you, talking with you, you you've inspired me greatly, so I appreciate this. And... Um, you know, one, one of the things that I find as a trainer, and I'm sure you find this too, is we have a certain group of people out there who feel that it's too late and getting started is just almost impossible or too late or, you know, I can speak from experience. There was a time six and a half years ago I felt hopeless. And um, we've talked about this, but I was wondering if you could share about this. Um, in addition, you also have your own story, your backstory. You know, we have the whole thing where you look at him, right? He looks awesome. But he wasn't born like that. <laughs> and I'm working wish. on looking like him, but I wasn't born, you know, with... We're not just born fit. So there's a lot of work involved in getting there, but hopeless shouldn't really be an option, right? Right, right, right. Um, you know, for, for a long time, I've, uh, in, in my profession, like once I got my game on and everything was, uh, working, uh, uh, physically fit, well, and healthy, um, I started to look at the word lazy and laziness. Yeah. And I, it, subconsciously I, I judged people, not that I wanted to judge them negatively, but I judged them as by calling them lazy like listen you could do something about your life you could do something about your health but I never took really deep thought into but it might stir from a sense of helplessness or hopelessness it's not that you want to be lazy it's not that you really do want to be in the physical condition that you're currently in right right um, it's that you just don't have the drive anymore you don't think you can um, and uh, it's interesting because that's kind of like how I was raised I was raised to believe to give in to my current condition in life mm. uh, raised in a, not necessarily a, a wealthy family mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. uh, in Bushwick in a very crime filled neighborhood Okay. Um, I was taught to just get whatever job mm -hmm. you know and um, on top of that, there was the mentality of, hey, look, if you have to get fired to collect, do that, you know? Mm -hmm. Very complacent, very lazy-minded, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, the uh, uh, my health, you know? Right, right, and I, I know a little bit about your story there, which 
uh, if you don't mind me interjecting Please. real quick, I think that you know we were talking off camera about what breeds what we were what we consider laziness. Let's say because I've done the same thing. I've looked at people and said, you know, you're just being lazy. You just work hard. Just do it. Do something. There's usually something breeding that. Um, I know for certain there are a lot of different factors that can be involved. It can be more than one factor per person. But you know where somebody is at in their current, uh, let's say their medical state, mm -hmm. may limit them. And of course, you know if your doctor says don't do this, probably not going to do it. Most of us probably yeah. wouldn't do it. And I'm not saying that you should do stuff if your doctor says don't do it. However, <laughs> you had a doctor tell you something years ago, yeah, and yeah. Um, what, what was that? A couple of times. <laughs> um, uh, I, was, uh, I was fresh into high school, going into my ninth grade, and uh, I found swimming. And I wanted to swim only because only a few years before, um, I almost drowned in a river. Mm. And it was my yeah. cousin who pulled me out of the water right right and so I'm like okay that's not gonna happen again I need to swim so I uh, in my high school there was a swim team and I went to try out to learn to swim and obviously as I learned to swim my condition was chronic asthma okay I had asthma all my life wow okay um, and uh, even as a baby I was hospitalized several times um, little did my parents know that the um, smoking inside the house wouldn't mm. help smoking okay. inside the car remember back then everybody yeah, smoked yeah. in the house uh -huh. You would walk in as a cloud that you're walking into, and all the children are in there watching cartoons inside of a cloud wow, okay. of cigarettes. Right? Yeah, that won't that, help. Yeah. And, they, and they're trying to figure out, why is my son sick? Oh, <laughs> right? <yeah. laughs> uh, wow. So that obviously didn't do very well for my asthma. Um, and it set me up in a very downward, uh, what was I going to say? Um, it, the rest of my life would have been set up in, in a bad place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, anyway, back in ninth grade, back in high school, I tried out to swim. I learned to swim, finally figured out how to move on the water, um, and I got one bad attack. And, uh, this is when, while you were swimming? This is while I was swimming. Uh -huh. I was okay. pulled out the water. Actually, I came out of the water, and I couldn't breathe. Uh, they called my parents. They sent me straight to the doctor, the hospital. The doctor uh, told my parents I shouldn't swim. Angel should not be involved in any kind of physical activity for the rest of his life mm. uh, because it can kill him. Wow, man. Yeah. So uh, what happened? Hopelessness came in. At that moment, it felt like he took my legs off. Yeah. yeah. Like my arms were gone. Like I couldn't do anything with my life. Right. I literally, literally felt like an invalid um, who, could, who couldn't have a hope of having a normal life. Yeah, that can be really devastating too. That that hopelessness. Um, so that actually that brings up a question I have for you. So let's back up for a second. The doctor says no more swimming. Were there any other limitations he put on you, like regarding physical activity? Uh, yeah, he said uh, um, Angel's not allowed to run or take part in any uh, playground activities that may be too strenuous. Wow. Yeah. So, basically, you know, not 
move. <laughs> and you're, let's see, you said you're a freshman in high school, so 15 you're around years old. 14, 15. Yeah, 14, 15. Young. And you just found your passion, which is swimming. You love to swim. Yeah. Yeah. And so you get this information. Uh, what did you do? I mean, what was the first thing you did? Did you just defy that and just like, you know what, I'm going to do it anyways? Or did you take a break? Oh, no, man. I hurt. I hurt real bad. I hurt so bad. I, I Like, to today, I remember the feeling. Like, I could relive that feeling right now. You can actually physically manifest I could physically I mean, I remember it. what I felt that moment. Because yeah. yeah. it hurt. It was... Right. I could only imagine. Because I could only imagine. I'm not, I've never been there. It could be like the doctor saying that you have, you know, a cancer or something. Yeah. Um, I cried at that moment. I mourned like I lost my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, I didn't know what to do with myself. My brain went blank. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I thought I, I thought I was gonna lose my life. Yeah. What did you do as far as um, after that initial shock? Let's say, what were your next actions? Did you take a break from exercise for a while, or? Did you decide, you know what, I'm just going to do this anyways? It took, it took me a week. Mm-hmm. It took me a week to figure it out. Okay. You know, because um, I'm stubborn. <laughs> you know? Well, there's a lot to be said <laughs> for that sometimes, you know. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm stubborn. And my mother can tell you stories about my stubbornness. Uh, but I was taking martial arts during that time. Uh, right. I, was do, I was learning from uh, this amazing instructor named uh, Tony Santiago. Mm-hmm. He has his own form of Lucan Ru, which involved Wushu and different types of martial arts. All right. And I, I learned to breathe. I learned me, uh, meditation, and that's what I did first. Oh, okay. So after the first week, I figured, okay, okay, let me breathe. Let me learn to breathe. So, and I got the instances and the candles, and I, I was making up my own little meditation room in my bedroom, right? I would that's be on the cool. floor, and I'd be just learning how to inhale and exhale. Mm-hmm. Learning how to inhale and exhale. That's the first thing I did. Yeah. It's learning to breathe. After I learned to breathe, I said, well, how can I learn to breathe when I can't breathe? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I started running. Wow. And cool. uh, against my parents' knowledge, of course. They didn't know. Uh-huh. So at 7 o'clock in the morning, yeah. when the rest of the swim team was out running and practicing, mm-hmm. obviously I wasn't in the team yet, Right. Um, I would go out there and run with them mm-hmm. and suffer wow. and hurt. And hurt real bad and, and drop on my knee and figure out how to breathe again and relax so that I won't use my inhaler. And I would use my inhaler okay. at the very, very, mm-hmm. very last minute when I just couldn't anymore. No kidding. Um, but I would, I would try to stop the stress in my lungs by just breathing. Uh, then after that, it got better mm-hmm. and better mm-hmm. and I was able to run longer, run faster. This was in the winter. Yeah. So that time summer came... Um, my lungs got stronger. I just kept going, you know? Right. Um, and be, without my parents' knowledge, I started swimming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. <laughs> uh, before the summer, actually, by uh, sometime around uh, halfway through the school year, you know? Mm-hmm. And I collapsed and I was hospitalized a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but I wouldn't want to stop. Mm-hmm. So you just kept going. Kept I going. kept going. You somehow worked through it, it seems. Yep. Do you uh, ever have any problems now with any of that? No, I, I haven't had asthma since I graduated high school. No kidding. I kicked its ass. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. That's what I like. Yeah. You I, changed the game. I, I like changed the, the game. game changer. This Thank is you what for it's all shirt, about. By the way, you know? you know, 
changing the game, which I love that that phrase. I love that so much. Um, so for you, just backing up again, you had that delivery of the message uh, that you, which caused you to feel hopeless. And then you decided to take action. Anyways, um, how do you bring this into your training, you know, your, your students and your clients? Um, how do you take this experience and help people who also feel hopeless for whatever reasons? I mean, we all have, could be we just gained 50 pounds and we're just like, there's no way I'm ever going to get it up. I've been there, 70 pounds, yeah. you know? And when I started, I was like, I don't know, man. I know I have to make changes, so I'll just try. But I was committed, but I also felt like, I don't know if this will ever happen. But how do you, how do you help people with that? Well, first I give them a little bit of my story. Let them know that it's doable. You know, because outside of that, there was also the appendicitis that happened. Oh, yeah. I, yeah? I knew about that, but I forgot. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. We'll hit that in a second. Yeah. Okay, that one to me is just a bit of a story, if not more. Um, and I'm interrupting, I'm sorry. What I find, and what I, when, when you share your story, do you find this helps them to uh, relate better? Like I know, yeah. when I share my story, they relate because, they, oh, you weren't born fit, for example. Um, how does that work for you in, in look, sharing the story? Look, I'm a geek. This is going to sound like it's going to go somewhere else, but it's not. <laughs> I'm a geek, and I love comic books, and I collect the comic books all my life, and I want it to look like a comic book character, you know? And so I wanted to sculpt my body to, to be a hero, a superhero. I'm not in no way calling myself a comic book character or a superhero, right? You know, but that's what I, that's how people perceive fit people. You know, they see a guy with abs, they're like, oh, forget it. That's unattainable. Oh, that's him. Oh, he's a special case, right? So, I, so now we're unrelatable. You know, these fit-cut people are just unrelatable True. to real life and real life thinking because the average human being... Just doesn't have abs, and it's not, and it's and it's not bad not to have abs. You know, you don't have to. This is just because of our, our goal. You know, right? Um, you could be perfectly fit. Like I'm working on mine. This guy here, <laughs> he could run. I can't run like this guy runs. I can't. I, I can't be. But the sports that he does are not my sports. <laughs> you doesn't have to have abs to be able to perform like an athlete, right? I do, but I can't perform like that type of athleticism. You know, it's just different. We have our things we do. Right. You know, so now when I give them my story, all of a sudden this superhero person, you know, this guy with abs that's unattainable becomes relatable. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait right, a minute! Right. So you're mortal too. You have weaknesses to kryptonite. You know, you're. You know, <laughs> right, oh, right. oh, you were just a kid bit by a spider. I get you. You know, <laughs> you lost your uncle. You know, it's. Uh, I I get you now, and that's why I believe that again. Back to geekdom superheroes in comic books all have a backstory and a lore mm, so that, yeah. because if it was just the superhero showed up out of nowhere you know then you don't really love that guy you don't want to follow him so much he's just too powerful whatever right but if you can find a way to relate to the audience to the reader then you can go like wow that's somebody I can look up to yeah yeah so I give him a little bit of a story let him know it's doable and sometimes not my own with permission, sometimes somebody else's. Sure, yeah, those work you know, too. And that they works a lot. Very helpful. You know, want somebody who I might have had my hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, we're human. You know, we're human. We feel weaknesses of all sorts. I think, uh, and so that brings me to another question, kind of a segue for a moment about uh, a topic that I'd like to ask you about. 
All right, so we're at the point now where your people know you're not a superhero and you're human. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you've related the story to them. But tell me, bridging the gap, I find, is one thing that uh, can be a challenge where, you know, people have this knowledge now. They have knowledge of uh, certain things that are possible, like, let's say, based on your story. All right, how do you get them to believe in themselves and engage them and get them to do the work that it takes to reach the goals that they say that they want to attain. Um, this can be a challenge for a lot of us. Yeah. And you, you've brought up some great things off camera, and I'd love for you to touch on this. Well, that's always going to be a challenge for a fitness professional, mm-hmm. and it's just as much, if not more, of a challenge for the client or the member. Because, uh, you know, you got to motivate it. You talk to them. Hi, this is me. This is you. Let's do it. Let's kick ass. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's run with it. You know, mm-hmm. let's change. Let's make this happen. You know, and you, you get the fire going and you're working with them and, and you're in touch with them and you're on the phone with them. But then when you give them their homework, what happens in between, you have to take it, you know, with a, you know, a grain of salt and you know, trust and hope that they actually did their homework. Yeah. Um, or, and then you don't know what obstacles might have really happened in between now and when you see them. True. You know, right. and did they really just have one slice of pie you know or <laughs> yeah. one slice of pizza yeah you don't know um but what i do what i have been doing lately um i always throw in a little bit of motivation mm-hmm. but recently i realized because um we are so surrounded with self-hate by the magazines that we read yeah by the articles mm-hmm. out there by the ads and the commercials that, you know, this is what beauty is and this is what beauty isn't. Right. You know, this is, even outside of beauty, this is what's accepted and this is what's not accepted. Right. You know, um, that that's how we think of ourselves. So even though you're sending them with some powerful messages to change their lives, they're, they're still going to get hit by a whole lot of negativity. So you feel like some of the media and the publications out there are basically setting them up, helping, or they're uh, uh, one of the catalysts in these people believing that they just can't attain what what they should, or they're setting themselves up for failure by believing that they need to look like this, or they look like that, and we've yeah. talked about this. So yeah. this is taking a look in the mirror. I have this note here, mirror, because you brought up some. Really we're good we're gonna about hit this. that. Yeah, this is yes. Thank you very much for reminding me about that. Every single day you look at yourself in the mirror. Every day that you wake up in the morning, you're looking at yourself in the mirror. And you're not looking for anything good. The only thing that you're focusing on when you look in the mirror is all of your flaws. You take that booger out of your eye, okay? You clean that face and you brush your dirty teeth. And then you fix that messy hair. And all you're thinking about is all the ugly that you're hoping to get out of yourself. And if you're a lady, you start doing your makeup and then and covering up your natural face because you know you want to look better than what you actually do and so the first thing that you do in your life every single day is cover up your true self because you're not happy with it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay so on top of that I say okay all right you have to go out there and you know look a little human (laughs) like a little acceptable at least right Um, 
you can't forget that that's all that it is. It's just a cover-up. Because if you look deep inside your eye, just stop for a minute. Just stop for a second first before you even brush your teeth. Look in your mirror for a minute and realize that you are standing by yourself alone for the first time and the only time in your entire day probably where you're true with yourself. This is who you really are. And then look deep inside of your eye. Just look inside that eye and, and look for it. Look for that little super, that little super sign, okay, that, that says that you are super, that you are awesome, that you are fantastic, that you really are an amazing human being, okay? And accept it. And that's the hardest thing for us to do. Yeah. You know, right. accept the fact that you are an individual in this planet that can affect someone else unlike anybody else can. Mm -hmm. I cannot affect the people that you can affect the way that you do because of the relationships that you have with them. And so aspire to inspire and believe that you can be an inspiration and that you are. Someone somewhere is looking at you and hoping to be like you. Yeah, you know? very, very, very powerful stuff. That's amazing. And, you know, that we were bombarded with all this input from other people, from the media, from the magazines, from social media that tells us what our limitations are a lot of times. And then if we buy into that and believe it, we're, we're, we're defeated. Absolutely. It happens every day. It has happened to me. I went years and years and years with just not believing that I could really do anything. I wasn't feeling worthy. Like All I could ever do is be a drummer, for example. Because mm -hmm. that's something I was good at. And I did it because I ended up doing it initially because I loved it. But as time went on, it's more like, well, it's the only thing I can really do, so I'll just keep doing it thinking that's all I could do and I wasn't worth anything else which is not true right right <laughs> but to get to that place that's that's powerful stuff yeah you know we're we're a hundred a hundred and ten percent in control of our lives mm -hmm. it's our doubt and our fear that make us believe other, uh, uh, yeah. otherwise um, I was working for Xerox okay yeah, yeah. I was that guy in the rollerblades wearing a trench coat going from location to location, <laughs> right, in a suit in Manhattan to try and fix somebody's machine somewhere. And I hated it. I hated that job so much. I wow. really, really did. Um, but I also felt like I couldn't do anything better. Really interesting. Wow. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, the hardest thing is really believing that you can continue to make a change. And then also getting that grit, that attitude that says, come on, man, just do it. Do yeah, it, you yeah. know? Become your own coach. Wake up and do those push-ups before you yeah. get into the bathroom. You just wake up and just throw yourself on the floor. Give me five or ten. Yeah. Then walk to the you know just, to your shower. Sometimes it's just something very small, like you know, like five, ten push-ups. Seriously, just getting started with anything, anything at all, just some kind of movement, some kind of activity. Because, uh, well, I have to segue for a minute or uh, digress. One of the pet peeves that's my pet peeve that I don't like to hear about is, I don't have time to work out. Oh my God. Well, there are people way busier than any of us, you or us, that find time to work out. They make the time to work out because they want it bad enough. I actually believe, for the most part, 99 point something percent of the time, if you're making excuses you don't have the time, you probably just don't want it bad yeah, enough. Yeah, that's what it is. But it could be very very well could be coupled with the lack of belief, the lack of, and so I'm starting to recognize this as a possibility 
because you know I can come across kind of hardcore sometimes come on don't tell me you don't have time I know yeah, you do yeah. it took you 20 minutes to post about not having time <laughs> you could have worked out but then there is the human factor the who knows the backstory of that person and what they believe or not that they can do or not do sometimes they don't even know what to do so that's where we come in uh, to try to help them let's um brings me to another question that's fine so time is a factor that a lot of us battle with when we're trying to get started a lot of people say they don't have time but you know a lot of times again that's not to repeat myself but it's coupled with any other number of reasons like hopelessness so there are a lot of reasons for hopelessness and I want to make sure that we touch on your appendicitis because you were feeling hopeless at that point in your right, life right, right? Mm -hmm. so we're actually dialing back now we're still on the same path going forward subject wise but time hopelessness all the reasons and I'll call them excuses in some cases why we don't get started in working out or eating better I mean we're all victims of that at some point we just need to take control let's talk about you appendicitis and how you just plowed through that uh, what was your process? What happened, and how did you deal with that? Uh, that's a, that's a that's a good story. Okay. <laughs> I think if I, I continue to remember it, it continues me, continues to drive me forward. Mm -hmm. um, and this is why I come out hard, also uh, uh, on my media um, and to my clients and members and friends um, when it comes to making excuses. Um, it was I was thirty years old at this point. Physically, I was at one of the best shapes in my life. Uh, professionally, one of the best times also. I had my clientele, things were happening, I was mm -hmm. feeling really good about myself. And all of a sudden, I walk out of my job and I am in absolute pain. Uh, long story short with that, I end up um, being found on the floor by my wife at that time. Curled over. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, dying. Literally dying. Oh, man. Uh, there was excruciating pain happening throughout my stomach, all the way down my groin. I couldn't open my eyes. I, I was it was immobile, stuck on the floor, uh, drooling, and um, wow. uh, it was because my appendix had erupted at that time, and the acids were melting my internal organs. Oh man. Um, Suddenly, I, uh, you know, my wife dragged me over to the bathroom thinking that maybe I just needed to throw up or, you know, something else was going on. And once I tried to, all of a sudden, this absolute peace came over me. I had a complete, wonderful clarity for a quick second. And I said to myself, wow, I'm going to die right now. This is it's going to happen. Man. And then the pain just came right back like a, like a wave. Um, Next thing I knew, I was in the in the ambulance heading to the hospital, and uh, the chief surgeon was there. Wonderful luck, right? He shows up. He immediately looks at me. He sees the color of me. He tells me to go right into the room. Mm -hmm. He gives my wife papers to give me uh, to give him permission to operate. Also, uh, like a pre-signed death certificate because he couldn't promise oh life. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he says that right now at this point anything can happen. So he's gonna try and remove it, try and flush out. He put a water hose in here, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, we'll see what happens. I woke up two days later in a coma from a coma. Mm. Didn't know where I was, what was going on. In those two days, I lost maybe a good five pounds. 
already. You, no know, you know, my body was stressed. Yeah. Um, and uh, I so could like muscle atrophy. My muscle atrophied. Uh, a water weight. Uh, everything. Right. Just I was right. just a mess. Mm -hmm. um, and I couldn't. Uh, when I woke up, I couldn't walk. I lost the ability to walk. Wow. Because my intense, my intestines. I uh, know my intestines. My uh, the internal wall of my abdominals. Yeah. Were seared like with a hot iron. Okay. You're like you put a hot iron on skin. Right. Um, and my my organs were a mess. My core was literally gone, and I had to rebuild it. Uh, so I couldn't. I had no legs, so I needed to use a wheelchair. Um, oh man! And then on top of that, uh, I lost my job. Mm -hmm. We had to move back to her parents' basement. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't good for our marriage. <laughs> she, she was a, she was trying, you know. She was good. But it was tough because now no income was coming in my end. I lost my clientele. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do a single push-up, bro. Mm -hmm. Not Man. one. Whoa. Couldn't do one push-up. He's a push-up king, by I'm the way. I'm a push-up guy. Yeah, yeah he's the push-up king. <laughs> um, and uh, and I was depressed. Yeah, that's so hopeless, right? You I was absolutely... I, I said to myself, that's it. I'm done. This is finished. Yeah. I got no life now. I, I literally felt like I wanted to end my life. Oh, man. Uh, that, there was a moment or two where I actually felt that depressed, like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. It was bad. So, um, so yeah, so, so physically all that's going on and my aunt passes away. My aunt was t literally my mother. Yeah. She and my mother raised me evenly, so I understood she was my mother. Sure. You know? Yeah. So I'm trying to recover from the situation. Financially, I'm a mess. You know, our, our, my marriage is stressed, and now my mom died, you know? Right, yeah, and right. so the depression hit me. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I don't want to go too long into it. It's a bit of a story, you know? Uh, but you get the point, right? So this is a bad time of life for you, basically. You had all this stuff going on. It's super stressful. It can cause people, you know, depression, sadness, uh, being sadness, and, you know, the appendicitis and all that, and hopelessness. Mm -hmm. And then, fortunately though, you're the type of person who just turn it around and, and you'll move forward one step at a time, right? Right. I mean, and you said the word fortunately. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why. I don't know, I don't know why, but I, I've always had this drive to live, you know, and to do more. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I started again. I started one push-up at a time literally bro really <laughs> literally i'm on the floor and i'm making so much noise okay <laughs> just trying to eke out Boy, just to, oh god wow. you can do it and my brother-in-law is upstairs making fun of me you're like laughing uh -huh. at me making noise what you doing down there and i'm like trying to get one just one and it was so hard you know? yeah yeah and then trying to make that first walk it was mm -hmm. one step mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you know and you know my wife at that time also she would help me you know make my step make my step mm -hmm. you know uh, or by myself, I would find a way to get up from the chair, just get up and just walk one step. And then finally, I was able to do two or three push-ups. And I was able to walk up the steps, one step at a time. And then I was able to get outside. Mm -hmm. When I was able to get outside, I tell you, the first time I ran down the block, mm -hmm. I lasted maybe six seconds. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, it was the most horrible six seconds of my life. I, couldn't, I, I barely walked it back. It was hard. But yeah. I was able to do it. I was on my right. feet. You know? Well, this is a good story. I mean... It's, I'm sorry you had to go through this, yeah. yet it probably made you more the person you are that you did go through it. Because look at what you're doing now.
and you translate this you take this experience to help people to realize that they don't have to go gung-ho crazy when they begin a program but they can start baby steps yes and for some people that's the best way you hit them too hard they run the other way I mean I've had it happen and um, it's a learning experience for me where I'm like oh that didn't work maybe we should start slower yeah yeah because <laughs> I'm all like crazy like hey let's do that yeah. but no you know what tell them how you're you know well this is my practical mm-hmm. okay this is what I like to tell my, my, my members and my clients okay it's very simple um, because you're right you can't hit people hard you know, not every unless you're already in the game, unless it's already happening for you and you're already going for it, uh-huh. then yeah, go ahead, hit me. I'll do it, right? Yeah. But if you're just starting, it just doesn't work for anybody, I don't think, really. Especially unless, if they're in the hopeless <clears throat> phase. Yes. Or the doubtful, self-doubt phase, like, no way, I can't do this, there's no way. Get up in the morning, because you're going to get up, right? Mm-hmm. And the first thing you do is a set of five push-ups. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's it. Just roll over. Boogers in the eye and everything, okay? And give the floor five push-ups on your knees or military. However you know how to do your push-ups, mm-hmm. give me five, all right? Then get up and do five squats. Mm-hmm. Already your heart's going. Already your blood is rushing. And already you're feeling better, all right? Right. Then go brush your teeth. Eat some oatmeal with a banana in it, some honey. Stir that sucker up and eat it as you get dressed. Mm-hmm. So now you're wasting no time eating and getting dressed. Right. right. So you are having a healthy breakfast. Mm-hmm. Right. You have a high fiber from the, from the oatmeal. You have the potassium that works like a thermogenic, especially when you cook it. And you have 10 rich minerals from the honey. Mm-hmm. So you're having a super healthy breakfast. You just had five push-ups, five squats. You just started your fitness road yeah. right there. Yeah. And do just that for the first week. And see if you want to do maybe seven push-ups next week. Right. You know? right. But every single day, including weekends, just do that. And then you'll feel good about it. And you want to do more with it. And then, that's it. Your road starts. That's awesome. So, what I find is when people start slow like this, um, like you say, let's say five push-ups, five squats, a healthy breakfast. They get the energy to keep going a lot of times. Like, all of a sudden it becomes more than five push-ups, more than five squats. Because they realize, first of all, they feel a little bit better. They feel a little bit of energy they didn't have before, so they can push a little harder, and it's kind of contagious. Mm-hmm. And then that wheel mm-hmm. starts going, and like it, it's like a snowball, and it goes. And pretty soon you're into like these full workouts, you're feeling good, you're feeling better than ever. You, you know, find it like that. You know how you feel when you have to clean the house, right? <laughs> you know, you know that feeling, right? You wake up and you're like, oh god, I gotta clean this place. Oh my god. And then you start, like, where the heck am I going to start? And you pick up the broom. And you put the music on, right? Uh-huh. And you're like, okay, I'll start with the sweeping. And all of a sudden, nothing can stop you, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you started like this. And then you're like, okay, I'm doing my dishes. And you got a rhythm going. And it's like, and then you get upset when the phone rings, right? Yeah, true. The That's rhythm gets point. cut off. That's a good point. Oh, somebody knocks on the door. And you're like, oh, come on. I'm like, cleaning here. So you went from hating the fact that you had to clean, right? Yeah. To now you're like, I'm in it. I'm doing this. Uh-huh. And it feels good, right? Yeah, tr- totally true. Same thing. It's just starting. It's like, you know, I don't like being interrupted when I get into my workout. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't interrupt me. 
work out with me, but don't stop me. He's like you know? that fit chick who wears a really tight hat, right, with the headphones, you know. <laughs> you got this zone around you I'm that says, nothing, don't man. mess with this. Blinders are on, don't here, nothing. Hats all the way here like this. Let me dominate. Because <laughs> I do now approach it, literally, this is without exaggeration, because I had to start baby steps too. In fact, when I started running a few years ago, I went a quarter mile, I was dead. It took me like three minutes to go a quarter mile. I was completely dead, stitched in my side, hurt like crazy, hard time breathing. And, uh, but now try to stop me, you know, because it's hashtag dominate. I'm going to dominate the workout. I'm going to dominate this race or these hills or whatever it is. What baby steps can turn into hashtag dominate. And I like that. That's right. I, I like that great. very much too. Well, I, I think this is just really inspiring. Like, that's why we're here. I mean, we I recently discovered Angel uh, in a feed on Facebook. It was a complete accident. And sometimes these accidents are like the best accidents ever because we are already uh, have this friendship and this bond and this connection, which I'm grateful for. I've already been inspired greatly before we even met. Um, and... You know, I want to do better. I want to do better because of you. Thank you. Know, you. You, you, you're really good at, at least to me, anyways. You brought up a lot of things that I think, like, whoa, I need to readjust my thinking towards this because I can hit it a different way. I can accomplish what I want to a different way. It's possible. You bring out possibility. You help to extract that from me. So I'll be thinking of you in these workouts when I'm trying to get rid of that. You're wearing that shirt well, brother. Thank you. I love this shirt, man. Any any last, any final uh, words of wisdom you want to share with anyone? Uh, guys, just aspire to inspire. You know, uh, that, that means exactly that. Aspire. Look forward to being the aspiration. You know, you, you're never just there. You know, yeah. you are potential waiting to happen. And so, make it happen. Change the game. I love that, man. Game changer. Thank you, Angel. So be sure to check out sterlinghealthoffitness.com and you're going to see other contact information here for Angel. If you have any questions, he's given me the go-ahead to have you inbox him and his email so you see the email on the screen. And remember, no matter where you're at, it's never too late to get started. We've all experienced challenges. Some of us have felt hopeless. Mm -hmm. I've felt hopeless. We've had, um, you've certainly had some serious things happen to you that have caused you to feel hopeless. I mean, and then the physical challenges of getting started again. But remember that if you have the will and you want to achieve your goals, just get started. Take baby steps. Like Angel says, those baby steps, they're going to grow. They're going to snowball. Watch what happens. Thanks again for watching. Thank you again, Angel. You're very welcome. Thank you All for right, inviting me very much. Very honored. M my honor. Thank you for my your honor. time. Thanks so much. Have a great day.